0: All right, we are uh, starting a new sermon series today. We're kicking off and starting. For the next four weeks, we're going to be traveling uh, and looking through this at this sermon series. It's called 30 Days to Live, and we're going to be kind of walking through it together. We're going to be looking at some specific stories and learning. Uh, I'm As a preacher, I'm actually going to be learning beside you, alongside you, as we hear from some testimonies and some people who have uh, struggled with some specifics that we're going to get into. And the hope and the idea, the understanding of this series is... Uh, one of the parts of the Christian walk, part of the walk that we as Christian fellowship, we as a Christian body have to acknowledge is that we, we don't shy away from the tough stuff. We're not, we're not afraid to talk about and get at real issues, challenging things, and we don't shy away from things that would otherwise we keep, we would keep at arm's distance. And one of the big things that we as a culture, as people, people and culture tend to keep at arm's distance because of its pain and discomfort, is the reality of our own frailty, specifically Death. We as people and we as culture, we try to keep an arm's length as it relates to death and frailty. And so we as Christians are going to take the time to look at a Christian perspective related to human frailty and the reality of death in our world. And so we're going to be traveling over the next couple weeks looking at these stories. It's kind of built on, the series is is oriented towards a specific question, kind of a big question, because we believe that when we as Christians, if we take the time to look and examine, if we take the time to examine what the Bible has to say, what other Christians have to say, related to our own frailty, we, we have a chance to impact our attitude and the activities of our life. How does our activity, what we do, the way we, we spend our time in life, and our attitude, the way we interact with people, the way we go about our days, how are those informed, how are those changed, how are those influenced when we put into perspective the reality of our own frailty? And so that's what we're going to do. We're going we're to take the time to look and get into it. Like I said, death, holistically, is kind of uncomfortable, isn't it? I mean when you think about death when you take a moment and you, and you think I mean even the word die sounds really uncomfortable in fact we don't we don't like to say it we come up with all sorts of other things that when we experience when we experience death firsthand when we have someone that we love passes on we come up with other phrases and other ways of saying die or death right so go ahead and shout some out i just used one pass on right you ever heard that one before they passed on what else what else have you guys heard other stuff up in heaven, in a better place. You heard that one before. Um, pass on. Up in heaven, in a better place. Um, what's that? With Jesus. Yep. Um, kick the bucket. <laughs> Pushing up daisies. <laughs> right. We have some of those that are a little more coarse. Uh, but yeah. Well, we don't. We don't even like to say like death. We don't like to say that word, uh, and because it makes us uncomfortable, it's 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 something for us as people that typically is something very personal. I can almost guarantee that most of us have encountered death and frailty in our own lives as someone that we love has passed on, has died. I'm going to ask for your sensitivity over the next couple weeks of those who are around us and in our community who have a real deep connection with death, that have a deep Uh, intimate knowledge of death, maybe even recently. We've had persons in our own faith community who have died recently. I'm going to ask for your sensitivity as we handle these topics. Uh, I'm going to ask your sensitivity for those around you, because we don't know what the people around the rest of our fellowship, how we each individually come to grips with the reality of our own frailty. I actually learned about death when I was young. I learned what death was uh, thanks to my family and my upbringing. Um, The way that uh, uh, we learned about death, I learned about death, was from midnight. Uh, Midnight was a little gerbil. And my brother had Dusty. And my parents specifically uh, (laughs) taught us about death through midnight and dusty that was i guess now that i'm older i realized that was like the reason that was one of the big parts they wanted to teach us about the reality of death in the world and frailty and decay and such and so midnight was a great rock star gerbil for that 13 14 months that he was with us And I grew to love midnight, and I would pet midnight, and I'd let him run around. You know, we had one of those big plastic balls, and I'd run all over the house following midnight, right? And then one day, midnight died. And so we took him out back, and we had a ceremony. We did a whole thing. I mean, we did the shoebox thing. I found sticks with twine, and we did the cross thing, and dad was there doing this. I mean, it was a big deal. It was a big deal. I, we even, I think we even said, like, you know, you want to share some words, and Midnight, you were the best trouble I ever had, you know? And I learned that death, death is a reality that we all have to come to grips with. Our human frailty is something that we each will encounter and experience. In our culture so struggles with trying to deal with death. We try to find ways around it. We come up with all these funny phrases. Do you know there's even something out there? I found it when I was researching this week. There's something out there called a death clock. You can actually go online. Because people are so uncomfortable and they don't know what's up with death. They don't know how to handle death. You can actually go to these websites and they will like tell you a supposed time when you're going to die. So you go to these things and like you're you punching your numbers like your height your weight, you know, where you live. And then the the one that kills me is that uh, it asks you if you're like an optimist or a pessimist. I'll be honest with you, I like to—realist was not an option, so I chose pessimist, okay? And it knocked like 10 years off my life, like that, right? So it spits out this time at the end, and, and I found out that according to this death clock online, in the year 2060, on February 8th, I will be passing on. I will be dying, apparently. And that's how we deal with death. Culturally, that's what we do. That's how we try to deal with it because it's so uncomfortable. The Christian walk is not afraid of death, the Christian walk has life beyond death. And so when we talk about death, it's not something as intimidating for us, it's something that we acknowledge. It's something that we're not afraid of. Jesus Christ is not afraid of death. In fact, last week we celebrated that he, took, he wrestled death to the ground. I mean, Jesus took on death one-on-one, head-on, and he came out victorious on Easter. And so we as a Christian body, we're not afraid to deal with and to talk about the frailty of life and death itself. In fact, the Bible talks frequently about death. It says in Psalm 39, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me. That my days are numbered. How fleeting life is. Here you go from Ecclesiastes. None of us can hold back our spirit from departing. None of us has the power to prevent the day of our own death. This is a really good one. This is really, this is so true. Ecclesiastes. People can never predict when hard times might come. Like fish in a net or birds in a trap, people are caught... By sudden tragedy. People, as we go about our lives, are often caught like a fish swimming along is all of a sudden caught in a net or a bird doing its thing and all of a sudden it gets caught in a snare. Sudden tragedy can strike and all of a sudden the life that we're leading can take a radical twist as we all of a sudden come to grips with our frailty earlier than we expected before we anticipated it. And all of a sudden, we are face-to-face with our own frailty, decay, and potential death. We're going to lean into some stories of people who have experienced this. People who were going about life, and all of a sudden, they were caught by tragedy. As they had to face their own frailty and the reality of their own impending death. I'm going to introduce you today to someone named uh, Stacy. Stacy is someone who has struggled with cancer, uh, someone who has struggled with not cancer just once, but in fact, you'll learn from her story a little bit more about her. In fact, I'll just stop talking. Why don't you just meet Stacy and listen to her?
1: Well, I'm, I'm kind of everyone's, every breast cancer survivor's worst nightmare, really, because I was first diagnosed in 2004 um, with stage 1 and I came back with my nodes clean and everything and I, I did chemo and I, I did the double mastectomy, I did everything right, and, but for some odd reason, um, the cancer went to the lymph node behind my breastbone, which is practically unheard of. And so it was allowed to grow there for several years. It didn't cause me any problems. And now it's in my bones, so I'm considered stage four. And um, unless there's a miracle, you know, I'm going to be going home soon. And I'm kind of double-minded about it because there's part of me that is kind of excited in a weird way, you know, because I'm, I'm, I know where I'm going and it's going to be a great place. And then, but there's this other part of me that's not ready to go yet. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm too young. And I feel for the people that I'm leaving behind, you know, especially my girls. Probably not going to see them grow up, you know. I feel cheated out of grandbabies. I feel cheated out of weddings. I, I feel, you know, I'm double-minded. I have this this I have this argument with myself. Two different feelings about this same thing, you know. And I feel for people who don't have a relationship with God and they're going through this. I don't know how they do it. I really don't. And I even feel for those people who maybe do have a relationship but don't really know him. I mean, know him to the very core of your being. Know that he is good. Know that he loves you because it sometimes it doesn't seem like that. It doesn't seem like he's good and it doesn't seem like he loves me. You know? and But since I know that with every inch of me, you know, that's, that's my hope and that's my comfort. And I, I really do feel for anyone who does not have that foundation.
0: Stacy is someone who has had to face, intimately so, the reality of her own frailty. And and, and from that experience, she begins to adapt and change her attitude and her activities. What she does with her time, the way she approaches life, the way that she thinks and acts and does life begins to change as she comes face to face. Uh, I'm going to invite you at this time to do something that I did. We're going to watch another video from her where she shares with her some of the insights, some of the things that that, that she would like to pass on to others related to her own experience and circumstances. And so I sat down and I watched the next video and I took notes. And so I'm going to invite you to do the same thing. On your sermon outline, there's like a couple empty lines there. And the invitation is to pull that out and take notes. From whatever you learn from Stacy. She's going to share a number of different lessons and le- important pieces in her own testimony. And I invite you just to write down whatever strikes you, whatever the Spirit speaks to you in your own heart. And then after the video, we'll kind of compare notes. So watch the second video and take some notes and learn from Stacy. You
1: know, I feel like I want to be more present. In the moment, because I don't have very many moments left, and so I just I try to enjoy every moment, and um, even in the mundane things, you know, I mean that's the harder thing to do. But even in the mundane things, I try to just enjoy it, even if that means you know talking to God or singing to Him, you know. Um, But I I try not to take anything for granted, because we're we're not guaranteed anything, you know? And I know I don't have much, many moments left. So I want to enjoy every bit of it. You've got to really have a relationship with him, not just religion, but a relationship with him. Because there will be something that's going to come along that's going to knock you off your feet, and you're going to need him. And so I am just a totally different person than I was seven years ago. But I also think I'm a a lot different person than I was in May, you know, because I am starting to number my days right and gain a heart of wisdom, you know. It's it's what's important. Things aren't important. Going places, that's not important. Um, Family, friends, relationships, that's what's important. It really is. It's the only thing that you can really, I guess, in a way, take with you in your heart, you know? Don't expect tomorrow to come. It may not be there. You, need to, you can't wait until you're sick to start living. Because, to be honest with you, a lot of the time you don't feel good enough to do what you want to do, you know? You need to start living now. Now. There's no wait until the doctor tells you. You need to fix the relationship now. You need to live in the moment now. You need to enjoy yourself and the people that you're with now. Don't wait.
0: Stacy has lots of things in just those two minutes. Lots of things that we can glean and understand and learn from. I've written down a couple, and we're just going to go through them. And the invitation for you is to keep writing these down and allow these to continue to influence you. Um, So here are some of the ones that I heard specifically Stacy naming. One big lesson, be present. Did you hear that right away? I mean, it was like almost right away. She's like, be present, living in the moment, now. Be present now and what's going on in front of you in your day. So often we get drawn into the future, right? Because we're worrying about this and we're thinking about that and we're getting pulled into that and we're getting anxious and we're getting pulled into the future. Or sometimes it's the other way. We actually get drawn into the past and we, and we get stuck with what's taken place before and our regrets and I woulda, coulda, shoulda's, Right? And so we live in, 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 in our lives, we live in this way that so often we get drawn into the future or we get stuck in the past. And Stacy comes along and says, Whoa, no, no, no. Be present now. Start living now. Live in this moment, in this time, and, and begin to enjoy the moment that you have. Be grateful for those mundane things that you get to do, like taking out the trash and and doing the dishes. Enjoy and take satisfaction in those tasks, in your vocation, in your work life. Enjoy the now that you get when you're driving to work. Enjoy work. The mundane realities of life, all of a sudden, our attitude recognizes them as a gift. Ecclesiastes 5 talks about how we we are encouraged to take satisfaction, is the word it uses, satisfaction when we eat, drink, and work. It says these three things. Take great joy, take satisfaction as you eat, drink, and work. And I think Stacy gets that. She understands that. Take joy and satisfaction in this moment in time even in the mundane, everyday sort of things. Another big lesson that I got from her was being grateful. Did you get that sense? Did you get a sense of her, like, gratitude coming from her? Kind of grateful for the time that she has had, the time that she has right in front of her? I got a strong sense of that. Um, We just did a sermon series not too long ago where we talked about gratitude, right? We just talked about how important gratitude is. And here you have someone who is, is truly coming to grips with her own frailty. And what did she, like, talk about and convey? Gratitude. Be grateful for the moment. Be grateful that you have the here and now. Be grateful for the people who are in your life. Be grateful for what's in front of you as as you live and work and, and go about your days. Be grateful that you even have today. Because tomorrow is not promised. Tomorrow is not a sure thing. Eternity, yes, that is a promise. But tomorrow in and of itself... There is great joy and satisfaction when we are grateful. Psalm 118 is something that I read earlier this week. It says, uh, uh, Rejoice and be glad, this is the day the Lord has made. You ever heard that one before? Come on, you've seen that like on a bumper sticker or something, right? Some sign somewhere. Rejoice and be glad, this is the day the Lord has made, right? I challenged myself this past week. I, I got into this and I was thinking about this, that every time I swung my feet over the bed and as the feet hit the floor to start my day, I took a moment. And I took a deep breath and I said, Wow, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the gift of today. I am grateful. And I will be glad and rejoice now because you have given me this moment and this time. And I, I attribute a lot of that, that attitude change and that, that activity change to Stacey. Uh, she encouraged me in that. Here's some other things that I learned from her. I love this phrase. Did you notice when she said this? There will be something that knocks you off your feet. There's going to be something in life. There's going to be time in life where you're going along, doing your thing, and all of a sudden you get blindsided. That will happen. That's going to happen. It's like Ecclesiastes. We, we read this verse before about the fish that's just swimming along. The fish is swimming along, doing his thing, and all of a sudden he's scooped up by sudden tragedy. The same is true for the bird who gets caught in the snare. Sudden tragedy can and will happen. It is part of what it means to be a human being. There are things in your life that are going to come your way that you're not expecting. And they're going to knock you off your feet. What we do in response to that, how we respond and what we do in light of that, there is much to be said. Here's one, reevaluate what is important. Did you hear her say that? Like, what really matters? What's really important? She, she, she even says, right, I'm, get, I'm not traveling anymore. I'm not collecting all that stuff anymore. I'm taking time to look at my life and to see what really matters are the people that I'm around, the people I'm in a relationship with. It's it's my, my, my family, it's my friends, it's my church, it's even my God. You might have heard that. She talked numerous times about her relationship with Jesus, her relationship with her Father. That she sits down and now she has this limited window of life. And she takes stock and says, you know what? I now know what really matters. You ever hear that that phrase, the guy with the most toys wins, or the guy dies with the most toys wins? She says, no, that's not real. That's not true. The person who is in intimate relationship with their family and friends and their Heavenly Father, that person, that person really knows what it is to live, to live for the most important things. Matthew 6 actually says, uh, seek first the kingdom of God. Uh, And when you seek the kingdom of God, that's through relationship. Relationship, the kingdom of God is built on the relationship that you have with other people and the relationship that you have with your Heavenly Father. And so she says, Stacy is the one saying, look, invest in relationship. Relationships around you and relationship with Christ. If I had to like sum up and kind of shake out all the other stuff and, and boil down, one simple thing that Stacy really gets at, it's this. Don't wait to start living. Live now, in this moment, in this time. Don't wait. Don't push things off. But truly embrace the moment that God has given you and gifted you with now don't wait to, 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 to heal that relationship. don't wait to make that phone call. Go do it now because God is ready and, and willing and wants to bring healing into that moment in time. Hit now God wants to bring healing between you and that person. So do it now, don't wait. Do it now. Go to that recovery group. Do it now. Don't push it off. Do it now. Start living now. Tell your kids I love you. Don't 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 push it off that, you know, oh, I don't want to be that sentimental dad. Come on. Get mushy. Love on your kids. Tell them. Don't wait and push it off. Do it now. Live now when your spouse rolls uh, over in bed and you wake up and they got bedhead and dragon breath in the morning? Don't wait to say, I love you. Don't wait to say, you're the most amazing thing in my life. Don't wait to start living and cherishing them. Do it now. Learn from Stacy, Because tomorrow is not guaranteed. So tell them now. How special they are. The difference they make in your life and in this world. Do it now. Don't wait to get connected to a small group. Don't wait to get connected to other Christians. Don't wait to to, to, to push off again and again. I'll go to Bible study next time. I'll start reading the Bible next time. Do it now. Start living in the now and taking advantage of this moment because when you get engaged with those other people, life's going to change and and you're making the most of what's in front of you. You're making the most of the now. Don't push off. We do this so often. Oh, I'll get in a Bible study sometime. Oh, I'm going to get up and read my Bible tomorrow. Right? We do that. Stacy says, no, no, no. Do it now. Become the person. Christ desires designed the the, the person that Christ empowers you to be now be the child of God that he has claimed and wants you to be be that person now be his person and his child now live your life in such a way that you make the most of right now. James talks about this quickly. It says, look here, you who say today or tomorrow we're going to go to a certain town. We'll stay there for a year. We'll do business there. Make a profit. How do you know that your life will be like tomorrow? how How do you know what it's going to be like? Your life is like a fog. It's here a little while and it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, if this is what God wants me, if this is the person God made me to be here and now, this, this I will do. We will live and do this or that. It even gives us a stern warning. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans. Eh? You're boasting about all the stuff that you think you're going to do. All that boasting, that's just evil. Don't even bother. Remember, It's a sin. It's a mistake to know what you ought to do and then not do it. It's a mistake not to reconcile. It's a mistake not to say, I love you. It's a mistake not to invest in the things that truly matter. It's a mistake not to be the person that God desires, wants, and empowers you to be. It's a mistake not to live the way that God truly designed you to live. It's a mistake not to live in His grace and His goodness because His forgiveness and love is here now. So live out of that. Live now. Stacy would invite you. I would invite you. The Scriptures, they would invite you. As you come to grips with your own frailty... Allow your activities and your attitudes to be lived as the person God desires you to be now. Don't wait. Start living now. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you now and give you thanks. We give you thanks that there is a now, that we have this gift of this moment where we can gather as your people, where we can be before you, diving into the scriptures, learning from our, our sister Stacy. We pray and ask that these lessons, that these, these, these important, meaningful lessons, would burrow deep into our souls and our spirits and inform our actions and activities that we might start truly living now as the people you desire us to be. Empower us to do so. Help us live out of your love and grace which is present now. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.